Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome one of my favorite guests, Lydia Popovich. Pow, 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 pow. Wow, what, what, what an intro. Oh my God. I, it's so rare that somebody introduces me and really gets it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. understands the crux of my personality, which truly is guns, Dolly Parton, and weed. Like that, I think, as I'm saying. And 90 to think, Day Fiance, too. And 90 Day Fiance. Oof, don't get me oh, started wow. on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we're all just, intersecting today. I need a family. I need a family crest. You know what I mean? With just like yeah. a big wig, a big blunt, and like an AK, oh, and then yeah. like a television set, and maybe like some fries. Like that, yes. I think that is like just all the way. Across Lydia, the board. we've just met, but uh, maybe I'm in love with you. I don't know. It might be happening. Yeah. I might be falling right now. Oh, I get it. It's a, it's a wig draped on top of a television set, and underneath are like two crossed guns. You know even know better, I mean? like that kind of thing. Uh, even yeah, better yeah, with yeah, like yeah. nachos like and French fries them. just just crowded around it. <laughs> Oh yeah, my goodness! Perfect. I'd love to see it. What's you new, Lydia? I mean? Man, you know, not a lot, and then everything. Good. You know Great. how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've That's been on since we last talked. I've been continuing my just my quest to be chill, mm-hmm. my quest just to settle in, my quest to mm-hmm. give as little fucks as possible about things that don't impact my life directly. Um, mm-hmm. Always, always prophetizing Miss Dolly Parton, trying to get the word out. That is one of my main purposes on this life, in addition to making people laugh, is making sure that everybody understands and realizes that Dolly Parton will change your life and that you need at least a sliver of her magic in your world to shine on your face that you know that everything's going to be okay. Because she is a living, breathing, walking angel on this earth, blessing us with gifts every day, even when you don't know it. <laughs> Dolly Parton is doing something yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got well, you're going to find out, like... Oh wait, let's see it. This is my brand new tattoo. I love it. Oh wait, what's it say? It says, "What would Dolly Dolly do?" do? Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And then it's got like a cowboy rope with two stars, but it's titties. Evoking, it is evoking, evoking the breasts. Oh, wonderful! Because I mean, how long did that take? How long did it take for that? Actually, it was pretty quick. It was like maybe an hour, hour and fifteen. Yeah, just cooking with gas. Yeah. Okay. Handsome All Sweets right. out of Nashville. He's amazing. Check him out. Welcome Taste, okay. Nashville. He's amazing. Great, great, great tattoo artist. Yeah. Aaron, <laughs> what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Okay. This one's juicy. Are Ooh. you two ready? I hope yeah. so. This really explains my entire life in one click of a search history. <laughs> is that something? I don't know. I, I haven't it. had yeah, enough efficient. coffee. Okay. This happened like last night, but again, I searched it again this morning. I searched the sentence, is Samantha Kerr and Christy Mewis dating? Yes. Wow. Because, now, if you don't know who those women are, (laughs) get ready to have your mind blown. Samantha (laughs) Kerr is the Australian women's national team best player. Football, soccer. Soccer, but over there they call it football. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Christy Mewis made our U.S. Women's National Team this year. She's a phenomenal NWSL player. And icing on the cake, her sister plays, Samantha Mewis. So it's like this amazing dream team sister soccer. So last night, I'm just doing my Olympic 
you know, recount just to make mm-hmm. to make sure I've got I mean, I've just literally watched Olympics 24 hours a day for the last two and a half weeks. It was just the, the greatest thing ever. Just crying, crying, crying. Feel good, feel good, feel good. Yeah, crying. yeah. You know, cheering for everybody. I'm not like crying, a U.S. Crying, pig. Crying for all the, you know, the COVID. Crying, crying. crying, crying, crying. Everyone's getting sick and dying. Gold medal, gold medal, gold medal. China, China, China. Then I stumble on a picture of Samantha, of Christy Mewis. No idea if she was gay. Maybe she's not. Maybe she just likes ladies this week. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Samantha Kerr, big homo. I'm a big homo, so I can say that. They're kissing. They released it on Instagram. And Aaron Foley's mind was blown. Ooh. Blown. Yes. So what... I mean, what? Wh- I mean, what do we do with this? My, Are, were you even shipping them before? Did this just blow you up? Because you're like, I don't even, I didn't even think this. First of all, Samantha think. Kerr has had a long term, uh, long term partner. They have a kid together. I don't know how this is going to work logistically. Oh gosh! Oh boy! Oh goodness! Then I didn't oh, even know they broke up. Then they broke up. Christy Mews. I, I mean. I, I had, I, she just looked so straight to me. So I was like, <laughs> then my mind was blown, which is so re- stupid to say because who looks gay and straight? But you know what right. I mean? As a yeah, lesbo, yeah. you're like, that one's a lesbo. You're like, Christy I know, Mewis I know. did not see that one coming. So I'm so happy right now. We've got like this cross. Samantha Kerr is like just a dream sequence on the soccer field. I fear her the most when we play Australia. Yeah. So the fact that they're the dating. The Matildas, right? Isn't that what The Matildas. Yeah. I'm just so happy for them. I'm cheering for them. And it just like the world getting a little gayer. It just yes. makes me so happy. Yeah. Real life L word drama here. This is exciting. Yeah. So do you do you think under the surface, do you think that there's you know, you said she had she has a partner who she has a like they're raising a child together with? Like do you do we know the timing? Is it messy? Is it sloppy? Is it I don't I don't I don't know. I hope it's all okay. That's where my trash <gasps> TV brain comes in. I'm like, tell me it's a mess. But it's women, mess. so it's probably going to be a little messy. <laughs> a little bit of a mess. Light mess. I used okay. to have this thing where, you know, like it's all like, you know, it was an old joke, but really it's based on the, based on the truth. Like men, you know, they just run, gay men just run into a bar and stick it in. Right. But women like our app would be called like on the verge where you got an update of two women on the verge of breaking up because lesbians <laughs> are single for 35 seconds. And then you, you swoop down and I'm like a bird of prey right, right, and you right. just pick one up from the house. Yeah, All that right. um, checks out. So. Right. So it should so, be called rotting flesh, right? If you guys are or if you guys are these carrion birds, then it's like <laughs> ah, there. On the verge is more positive, Miles. Yeah, I'm than sorry. the rotting flesh. <laughs> That's flesh where my grinder mind comes that. in. Where I'm like, grinder. Bro, you know what I mean? I'm like, what about rotting flesh? What yeah. about necrotic tissue? Let's go and, not on grinders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But good to know. Right. So I feel like it's a little messy. In. They're swooping yeah. in. So I feel like they're both single for 35 seconds. I'm going to say there's probably there's I'm going to vote for messy. I don't mm-hmm. know. But if I was if I was betting, I'd say I'd bet on a mess. Appropriate pun considering, you know, Lionel Messi big in the news. Also, Ugh, so Not sad. Barcelona. So shout sad. out to shout out to the Messi. Shout out to Paris for getting that guy. Yeah. I mean, shout out to them for flouting every financial fair play rule there is to be like, <laughs> we have Neymar and Mbappe. Now we have Messi. Don't ask how we can afford it. Okay. No, Unimportant. So yeah, we'll just put one of our board members on the head of the uh, club council and UEFA, oh, and then maybe they'll just sort of I don't know. I don't oh. know. I don't know. That's super what it group. is. Super group. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a super group. What is yeah. something you think is overrated? Okay, I'm going to use this as like a personal manifesto moment for a second. I'm going oh, yeah. to try to put this into the zeitgeist. The 12-foot skeleton is overrated. 
Wow. Because I want one. I, mm. And I don't, <laughs> okay. and it's, I, they're all, okay. I was, I at a Home Depot yesterday and I saw it in the rafters and I asked, Hey, can I have that? And they would not give it to me. Yes. They're, they're they've been delivered at the Home Depots, but they haven't oh, been not on the floor. yet. They're not oh. on the floor yet. So I, I thought you meant like you saw it creeping around on the ceiling. Oh, I bet. <laughs> hey, I mean, can I get that one? Oh, <laughs> okay. you don't want that. That's Bill. He used to work here. Now he haunts the rafters as a skeleton. <laughs> rafters like some uh, Phantom of the Opera shit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm putting it out there. 12 foot skeleton is overrated. It is. Don't get it's it. hacked. Crap. Don't get it. Especially at the Glendale Home Depot. Don't even try to go there and sweet talk a manager into giving it to you early. Mm-mm, not gonna Don't, work. No, it's bullshit. It's stupid. Or the Burbank one by the Five Freeway. I hear they're <laughs> plumb out of them. But yeah. anyway, exactly, uh, exactly, I, exactly. You you've been pretty consistent with your love of twelve foot skeleton, if I recall I, correctly. No, I love them so yeah. much. There's one in my neighborhood uh, nearby that they dress it up for a different costume for every holiday all year long. It's so funny. Oh, it's a consistent skeleton. It's a consistent. Yeah, it's just been consistently up all year. It's so funny looking. It brightens my day every time I see it. Me and my neighbor want to put one in our yard, and we're going to put a one mini golf hole underneath of its feet so you can shoot. <laughs> oh, just I love it. Put right into it. But we're I I need to get one this year. I'm in a twelve foot skeleton Facebook group. Because they're so hard to get. <laughs> I want one so badly. And you can't like buy them online, right? Because they're hard to ship. I'm well, Instant no, the, they're completely sold out online uh, to the point that, and they were also limited to two per order uh, because they're showing up on eBay for like five times what they're actually worth. And they're so they even took down the link from the website because they aren't going to stock them online anymore. So now you can only get them at the store, and each store only has like eight to ten of them because they're such big boxes so right. you you have to know the day that they drop on the floor yo mm. site gang helper out i know somebody yeah. and look i get home depot the owner of the company not the greatest guy but if you got the inside track please help brandy out yes yeah please you deserve a 12-foot skeleton thank you look it's the only thing I go, I go to lowe's for everything else i promise i do i hate yeah. home depot i just want a goddamn 12-foot skeleton that's all i want and they got the, just mm. the market locked, huh? You yeah. can't go anywhere else. Mm -mm, I think I think one. this is something the Senate needs to take up. It sounds like <laughs> some kind of a monopoly. Chuck Schumer, ring, ring. Yeah. <laughs> Come mm. on. Suddenly they're like into antitrust shit because it's the <laughs> lowest stakes. And it's just basically being like, no, Home Depot can't be the only place that does that. See, we know how we know what fairness is. I'm going to get Diane Feinstein on the phone and be like, you like skeletons because you are one. I got a 12 foot skeleton. <laughs> Yeah, but I just she's eat. like, what? I have melanin? <laughs> oh, no. Never mind, Diane. Never mind. What, uh, what's something you think is underrated? All right, underrated. And then I'm going to let you guys know, I, I wrote one thing that I think is under and overrated simultaneously. Ooh, perfect. Uh, underrated, liking popular stuff. Mm, That's all right. Liking popular you could like Marvel stuff. TV shows. You could yeah. like the, the stuff that everyone likes. That's fine. Keep yeah. doing it. You could like, I can't think of music. You could like you Lady Gaga was going to be my example. Billy Eilish, there you go. <laughs> Lady Gaga, how old am I? But you know, I mean, it's fine. You can like Billy Joel. Yeah, you you guys could like the popular <laughs> stuff. You guys could like Elvis. You guys could like this new artist, Dolly Parton. You could yeah. like whoever, but it's fine. Just like the popular stuff. It's fun to like because then you get to talk about it with everybody. You could like the NBA Finals. Watch the NBA Finals and like the thing with everybody. It's fun. What's a specific thing that sort of inspired this? Uh, I think it was like everyone underrated. was immediately turning on, and I haven't watched the new Marvel 
but everyone's like turning on the Marvel TV shows and there is a lot of comic book stuff. And it's like, but that's okay because everyone likes it and it's kind of a nice story. And, um, you know, there's probably a reason that we're turning to like a fantastical version of our own world that does get saved. I think there's probably a reason that we're all excited about thinking there's some sort of one thing that can save the world. And, you know, that's all right. Let them keep making it. People like it enough. It's fine. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because it tells us something about people when it's yeah. popular. That we feel absolutely like powerless. And some great work of art it. that nobody pays attention to. I mean, there's definitely something to everyone's fascination right now. You know, the, the fact that superheroes are so popular is clearly something's going on with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's all of our parental issues, our feelings of hopelessness, all wrapped into one. You, I really, yeah. it's got to be something to, you watch a superhero thing and it's completely out of your control and something you've never seen shows up and fixes it. And you're just like, <laughs> like if Mar- if there was like a Marvel what if, like that's their show, right? The new mm-hmm. one where it's hypotheticals that they, other stories, like a Marvel what if where like, like Tony Stark fixes climate change or right. something like that. And he's just yeah. like, oh, I, I found this, actually this new carbon filter. I think that's sort of what everyone is like. There's got to be Where's like that thing? Where's that unknown thing? science or an unknown entity like Thor. Or something that just shows up. In Sadly, art. there's only been known science that's been telling us for decades. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I yeah, think everyone, oh, some sort of like reverse magnifying glass. Right. Or something right. that could oh, make it a little God, cooler. Like a big old fan or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. There's that Simpsons where they blot almost, out the sun. You know what's funny, though? I feel like if there were in an MCU film, like part of the story was about humanity taking this, like just gigantic undertaking of like changing human global infrastructure to combat climate change is like a narrative that like that little bit of imagination would kind of like so we got to work together to do within something radical to save our planet hmm. huh let's let's keep going with this let's keep going yeah. with this but then you'd or, have to yeah. they'd have to have the devil's advocate in there because you gotta have them right that's a necessary thing that makes everything better is someone making sure the devil has a seat at the table. Yeah. Right. Well, who's advocating for the devil here? Right. He, couldn't really make it. he couldn't make it. He tried to call in, but he's in a tunnel right now. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This just feels really, this feels really wrong to be having these conversations without Satan present. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> or even okay. a proxy, if he yeah. could even just have a proxy here. Even if someone can give us a phone that we can, he can text into and I can just act as an agent for, on his, okay, whatever. <laughs> I remember I felt okay about climate change for like a month when I read there, there was like this, I think it was Freakonomics. The Freakonomics guys were like, you know, people used to think that the end of the world was coming because of horse shit being everywhere. And then they invented the car. So we'll just have like some invention that's going to like save us. And they used like the example of putting things in the atmosphere that like reflect the sunlight back. And then like a few months later, Snowpiercer came out in which like that very thing is like the idea that turns into like a a ice planet apocalypse right like, the catalyst oh, that right. pushes us beyond <laughs> right. any return right, yeah. right. <laughs> what's your overrated and underrated thing so i wrote nuance uh-huh <laughs> i mm. for i thought nuance was underrated at first and i was like you know because we spend so much time online Everyone's like hyper online, especially now feels like uh, super hyper online. And there seems to be no nuance. But really, then you meet a person in person. There's like nuance involved. 
And then I was like, man, maybe there's no nuance. Just get a vaccine. I don't care. Because then I start thinking about, <laughs> you listen to all these people who who are anti-vax folks, like, will be like, well, and 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 this happened with this and this. And if there's like some tiny nugget of truth involved in something that becomes like the pulled thread of not getting a vaccine, then I'm like, nah, there's no nuance. Just get the vaccine. I don't care if you're yeah, like grasping the onto the tiny end of the straw at the bottom of that. It's not relevant. Yeah. And so I couldn't figure out where to put nuance. And so instead, I, I uh, we talked about the uh, crown for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Natalie Schur, who's one of my favorite, like kind of mm-hmm. reporter, researcher people, and just a great follow on Twitter, was pointing out that there are like a small, small, small number of people who like can't get the vaccine, but like the there's also a lot of people who are claiming they can't get the vaccine based on like junk science and basically like within the world of chronic diseases, like there's a lot of junk science being circulated. And so like almost everybody can get the vaccine. Like there's a thing about live like if if there's a live vaccine, like a live culture in the vaccine that is like not compatible with people who are have like immune issues, but this is not one of those. So like that it's actually like basically everybody can get it. Because in synthetic and, RNA. Right. With a nanolipid layer. Jack, do you yeah. know what happens after <laughs> three months or three years with that nanolipid layer? Oh, I don't boy. know if you yeah. saw that tweet that was blowing we're up. We're making on. a TikTok that's gonna get stitched. Yeah. Right. I'm learning about TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely just, you know, do deeper research and wait not, don't do research, actually. Reach out to a doctor and... Your research should be finding the smartest person who's devoted their life to this and trusting them. That's yeah. my A lot of my frustrations lie in this sort of like uh, no longer having a favorable outlook of education. And yeah. it's it, it, it seems very bizarre to me. And I have jokingly said, but I honestly think if you distrust... A, so the nug- the nugget of nuance, if someone's like, I don't trust the government, I kind of get that. But if you're using that to not get a vaccine, then I'm like, actually, there's no nuance. Just get the vaccine. It doesn't yeah. count. Right, right. I, I have said in jest and honestly believe if you hate teachers and you hate nurses and you don't trust doctors and science is fake, what do you want your kids to be? Right. What are they supposed to do? What right. do you want your kid to like also just like have a hateful YouTube channel? Like I just want it to be. Or like, and we didn't go to space and the moon is fake. And I just don't understand, like, where, what are the jobs? What, right. what do you want your kid to possibly be doing besides just being angry like you? And and I don't think you can, like, yell at a barista on for work. So <laughs> I, 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 right. it doesn't pay that well. I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe he'll get a what, sponsorship yeah. from Black Rifle Coffee to yell yeah. at people in public spaces. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think to your point about education, right, like we've done such a great job of making it impossible for people to get educated that by virtue of that becoming the only way into the middle class or having any kind of upward social mobility in most instances, that that's just created a natural resentment for it. And without understanding that by design, many people are being shut out of the opportunity to be educated. So then it just turns into this thing over time of being like, well, that's for these fucking people who think they're so smart. And that's like truly we're seeing like all of the machinations and the manifestations of like this very concerted effort to defund public education because now it's become so unattainable people fucking hate it and now you have people on tiktok just say or wherever claiming to know all this shit or whatever and be so contrarian because 
you know, that's just the way that this cruel fucking society set up, too. So just like at every turn, you're like, oh, my God, everything's just a reflection of how we're failing people. It, it really seemed like it could just fester just below the surface as long as we didn't need everyone to agree on something ever again. Right. And unfortunately, we do. And even the way that conversations happen about it are so is so wildly frustrating because it's it's almost like robots are having the conversation. So I saw the video that I think you were referencing where it's like a someone giving this crazy, terrible information, like a scientist. Where there's like porn playing in the background? I yeah, and a scientist part. is sort of like, then there's like the, it's like stitched next to one of them with a scientist who's saying that's true, this is not true, like fact checking it. But right. you read, and I hate this, like you read the comments on the scientist fact checking it and people are like, well, you're allowed to, there are two sides to what you believe and there isn't. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, but there, everyone maybe says it's like, a well, binary of like right or wrong. This person's entitled to what she thinks about it, but you're not if it's facts. Like, that's what's right. Everything has just become equal weight and it just isn't how it works and it makes it insane. And uh, you can tell I don't talk to a lot of people most days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm curious to also figure out like at what point then they they're able to trust something about science. Like you're using a microwave, you use Wi-Fi, you use a self. So like you got if, a lot of vaccines. If you're <laughs> going to keep exploring that, you're eating processed food. At what point do you put your sort of lens or spotlight of suspicion on these other things? And if you're not, I'm trying to understand why you don't do it in those instances, too, because you could you could open up all kinds of theories about many of the things that we have to interact with on a daily basis, not just medical advice right. or, you know, research that at which point it goes, yeah, well, I trust that. Like I trust AT&T. I trust corporations. I just don't trust this. Right. I yeah. think that the end, the beginning and the end might've just been one loud man who's not around as much anymore. Mm. Telling people what to do and not do. I don't know. Yeah. The although, you know, we we covered that there was a lot of vaccine skepticism and resistance after the 1911 flu that killed more people than this one is. And they were just willing to like go door to door and be like, let me see the vaccine scar on your arm. All right. Yeah. You have to go. You have to get the vaccine. Let me no, see your arm. Now. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, the thing is that anyone telling me what to do in any way is exactly the Holocaust. So, uh, <laughs> right. Oh, are you a are you a European historian? Right. Yeah. Well, I did my own research, and oh, right. it's just, okay. I where, watched, where was that? Where did you do your research? I wrote this down. <laughs> I wrote what I just said down. Um, I wrote my feelings down on the back of this right. Arby's receipt. <laughs> but that is like it just has become so. Like history is now weaponized in an inaccurate way, and simultaneously. People believe it didn't happen and also that it's the reason we can't do that. It's like, yeah, it, I just feel crazy. And yeah. so, you know, that's why sometimes I don't I'm like, let's get rid of the nuance and <laughs> make everybody get it. But you do feel a little weird saying that. Yeah, yeah. you feel well, that's yeah. yeah. And it's just because it's we've never been at it and lived like this before where yeah. we're looking at clear, some biological phenomenon. We're like, Yo, this is going to take radical action to actually yeah. keep people safe. And when yeah. people just aren't used to that or don't have the mind for any kind of like like reciprocity or sense of community or owing something to each other or feeling part of a larger community, then, yeah, people suddenly immediately go into their self-interested corners and figure out whatever rationale they or lock, like lock on to whatever rationalization they need to 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 preserve. They're like, well, I don't have to do this because of this. 
Yeah. Right. So I, I love when people it's... tell me what to do. Yeah. I make, I get more time to do other stuff. Well, that's because you're a sub. Right. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. let you know that you're a sub. Like, just that's from true. the start, I just wanted to, yeah, make sure you know. Now both tell me I am at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold up now. Hold on now. That's not very submissive behavior, fam. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about what's happening right now. And we're back. And uh, what what happened with Cuomo? I bet I've been gone for the past week, week and a half. I mean, everything. It you all were in, like things. You were in New York. You didn't hear them shouting from the windows. Hey, I'm governor. Hey. I was kicking it with him, but he wasn't really bringing it up. He didn't yeah. seem like yeah. he just kept talking about that book deal he eked out at the last second uh, <laughs> right amidst the pandemic and, he, the, and how to, uh, you know, obscure death counts in elderly facilities, elder care facilities. But yeah. Yeah. Look, in case, and I know, Jack, you're being serious, so I will explain what happened. So Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> he's the governor of New York, and he's been embroiled in uh-huh. the sexual harassment scandal. Tish James, the attorney general of the state of New York released last week a scathing report with all the findings. It was essentially saying, like, it's it arises to criminal sexual harassment at mm-hmm. state and federal level. And I think at that point he was like, <laughs> because the thing is, at the, everyone was like, this is bad. I wonder if he's going to resign. And he went down a fucking weird road oh on his way to resigning. First, yeah. hold on, I, I haven't been following this, but did he go with uh, my parents taught me to be handsy? Uh, kind of. Route? And then here's a highlight of uh, he was sort of like I'm not perverted. I'm Italian. I believe was one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was one slug that we saw on TV. My, my hands are just flopping and flipping. I don't I don't know did. what they're I touching. Mean, what a it's, it's like a perverted I mean, Bart this. Simpson of like I'm just gonna walk this way and grab whatever <laughs> comes into my hands. What do I do there with these go. hands if they clasp like this and there's a something there? I don't. I can't do anything about it. So he had these like. First of all, his lawyers said some real dumb shit that they're like, mm-hmm. "Do you think?" That the governor would actually molest someone in the governor's mansion where he is constantly being observed. That would be absolutely ridiculous behavior. That was like their defense. And most people are like, right, that is ridiculous <laughs> behavior. And that's what he's yeah. engaged in. So I don't think that I don't think that negates. OK, sorry. Then he right. did the mixtape. He put out the mixtape of him mm-hmm. violating people's personal space where he was like, yep, I, I do it all the time. In an attempt to try and dodge the accountability. And then Pelosi, Joe Biden, they were like, hey, you need to give it up. His close, uh, his executive assistant, who's also kind of implicated in this shit, Melissa mm-hmm. DeRosa, she resigned. Then mm-hmm. Brittany uh, Camiso, who was another person who worked for him, she gave up her anonymity to come out and bring more allegations and then demand that he be held accountable. And just when you thought the state legislators like, I guess we're going to have to impeach him because he's not doing the right thing. He's like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finally. I mean, didn't he also like listed off like every different kind of person that he's molested? He was like, I've molested old people, young people, yeah, young people, black fat people, LGBT, short people, blue, blue, yeah, yeah. I, if you got skin, I've touched it, baby. Like, yeah. he's, if there's a parade for you, I touched you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh like in defense of himself, and you're like, yeah. buddy, this is none of this is not the defense you think it is. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think the. All of it came together. He realized it. There was the the jig was well and truly up. Like mm-hmm. you, there's no way you're gonna dodge this. And 
I think the other thing, too, was that the people, you know, Democrats, too, they were like willing to impeach him and not only just look at this mm-hmm. like explosive report, but they're also like, you know, we also are really curious about the nursing home deaths in New York that you yeah. did a good job of covering up. Mm-hmm. And I think that created a bit of a a log jam for him, realized that he didn't maybe want that public. But there's a lot of stuff that it's just weird how much this shit swung, because mm-hmm. last year motherfuckers were so horny for this dude it was mm-hmm. like yo i wonder if he's chill and has nipple rings remember when that was some shit we were talking about it's like yo does andrew cuomo got nipple rings under there <laughs> he's like, like a he's like a really go- looked like it though he's like a <laughs> governor that fucks he seems yeah. cool as shit and you're like yeah unfortunately yes that's the problem <laughs> right and i think his like reasonable guy bit mm-hmm. looked really good when it was yeah. said against the backdrop of Trump's I mean, absolute mm-hmm. absurd handling yeah. or mishandling of the entire pandemic. So yeah. we had these Cuomo tinted glasses on mm-hmm. or I mean, not. I think most people were like, this still is not great. Well, the yeah. media really wanted to paint him that the, as yeah. like the, the savior because they also were like, I mean, at that point, too, they were also like anybody that keeps Bernie Sanders out of the White House, maybe Andrew Cuomo will be the answer. <laughs> right. I do. I yeah. do love fucking Joe Biden being like, you touch a lot of people inappropriately. You're going to need to resign, buddy. Yeah. And a sexual <laughs> harassment huh. allegation. I yeah. think you should resign. I'm sorry, Joe. Hmm. Do you Interesting. Know, Coming from do you remember you. Tara Reid? Or mm-hmm. is that hmm. is this we're being really selective here? Yeah. But this is the other thing that was really wild, too. Like this also got people in the Time's Up organization caught up. Yeah. Roberta Kaplan, who's one of the founders of Time's Up, you know, is like that group that was created mm-hmm. at like the height of the Me Too movement to sort of act as this organization yeah. to provide legal advice and representation for people who were being harassed at work. You know, she was also, she argued the same-sex marriage case in front of the Supreme Court. She mm-hmm. resigned after it was revealed in these uh, in this report that she was advising Cuomo's office on how to publicly discredit Lindsey Boylan, who was one of his accusers. Mm-hmm. So, Chris. and again, this is the same times up to say, oh, sorry, Tara Reid, we can't help you because we don't want to lose our nonprofit status by yeah. going after someone who's running for office. Yep. And oh. a lot, I feel like a lot of things were revealed very like quickly with just, it's not just Andrew Cuomo, but a lot of the failings of, you mm-hmm. know, these other organizations as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's so it's as long as they, I agree with your politics, then, you know, right. th- then you liberal, can't do anything yeah, wrong. Exactly. It's infuriating. And it's also just like it really undermines there's there are a lot of really good nonprofits out there, but yeah. so many nonprofits also sort like serve as a place that the the will of the people and the energy of the people just like get sucked up into and stop because they exist to like just serve the status quo yeah. in a lot of ways. And it, it it's really frustrating, especially with something like this. It's like how many you know, times up like me too. Things have like just died because you know they're like, okay, well that organization's is is on our side and they're taking care of it, and it's like not really mm-hmm. because they are ultimately beholden to the power that they agree with. Right, <laughs> and also that's the class that they're from too. These yeah. are all elite people mm-hmm. who who are the founders of the organization, and yeah. at the end of the day, like when you're fundraising, that's part of being a nonprofit. Yeah, you got yeah. there's a lot of navigating you have to do, and 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 it's not just Roberta Kaplan who yeah. had like, you know, this kind of stuff come out. There was an also thing, Esther Chu, mm-hmm. she was also like, there were 18 members of like this healthcare organization. They're like, yo, you, you're, you're like, you just failed to report a sexual harassment claim at the hospital that you worked at. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it, it, it goes to show you the limits 
of sort of what some organizations can do, especially when you think of like how the leadership is composed mm -hmm. um, because they're, you know, looking out for each other, essentially. Yeah, it's like class will never betray class will never betray itself at a certain level, right. <laughs> unfortunately. And that's a lesson. It will help smear an accuser. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the neoliberal sort of centrist position has just been the status quo for so, so long that mm -hmm. it, it just fucking infects everything that is not like does not define itself in opposition to it. And so. Well, and it also points out, I think, something that has always been an issue with the Me Too movement, or Me Too movement and Time's Up is also, like, there is no element of, like, restorative justice. There is no second step, which also makes it so hard, I think, to, like, once somebody has been accused, then they get canceled and then go away. But the, 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 these organizations have never been like, okay, well, what is, how do you make amends? Like, what is the way to still exist mm. in a society with these people in some capacity? Is that removing them? Is that, like, you know, th there needs to be right. a second step acknowledged, and they just have never wanted to talk about that next step because they're also all financially comfortable and they also don't think that it will ever affect them directly. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's it. So it's, it's always had like a second problem and it's especially true in cases like this because it's like, we can't cancel Cuomo because then he'll just, we won't, we won't have him as a pawn on our board anymore. Right. Right. You yeah. know? Well, yeah. Now New York has their first woman governor mm -hmm. because of this. And the other thing is just like the couple of things that, um, a lot of people point out in our absolute love affair of the the guy who sat down in front of PowerPoint presentations every day to be like, this is where we're at and this is what yeah. we're trying to do. There are a lot of things that he did that people just sort of overlooked. Like mm -hmm. he was first kind of being like, no, nah, the pandemic's not going to be that bad, saying, you know, mm -hmm. underplaying the severity of it. Also, just didn't want to lock the city down. I think, you know, that's I think that's would have happened to any leader because they were not. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it is what that is. But yeah, definitely a misstep. Mm -hmm. But then in March of 2020, what like ordering that nursing homes accept COVID patients from hospitals, that yes. was a huge, huge, disastrous mm. fuck up. That was the first act of the cover up of nursing home deaths that I, mm -hmm. I didn't they, I hadn't like fully let enter my brain of as like part of that story. But that was why he was so. It wasn't just like keeping New York's numbers low. It was mm -hmm. because he made a controversial decision to let people who were leaving hospitals due to COVID related things back into nursing homes. So it was like covering his ass for an earlier, highly questionable decision. Well, it's infuriating because like, I mean, we have how, how many empty apartment buildings are there in New York right now? I mean, I look around L.A. I can't imagine it's probably comparable to how many just like fancy high rises just are just are open how many hot hotels yeah. nobody was in hotels there was no reason mm. you couldn't accommodate a hotel and put people in that for like recovery it's uh capitalist plants uh taking care of itself well, right yeah because <laughs> it's again. like the with like this sort of neoliberal thinking the mm -hmm. charity only works to a point and that's when it could potentially cause mm -hmm. a business owner like a mega business a corporation some they're like well, we're not paying like what that's not our problem and like we need that <laughs> fundamental shift where people go, no, it is all of our problem, actually, because yeah. that's we're trying to have a just society. So we have to figure out how to support each, each other and make won't, sacrifices. Won't someone think of the Hiltons? Won't someone think yes. of the Hiltons? <laughs> exactly. I mean, wasn't one of them recently was like, she's like, I hope she almost died of bee stings. God, for mm. God's sake. So please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. exactly. I mean, anaphylaxis is not a joke, but please think of the Hilton. The Delta variant is shown to be more deadly and more 
infectious with children than any version before. FDA administrators are starting to sound the alarm, and it's I think I think they're Pfizer's planning to submit data for kids under twelve to the FDA in September, uh, at which point it will need to go through the approval process. So like that's as soon as we're gonna be able to get kids to even have the option to get vaccinated. So it's just this. This is the point at which, I you know, this whole thing. I just feel like we've been watching somebody have uh, an embarrassing temper tantrum for the past five years, just over and over, and just waiting for them to shut the fuck up. And now they're starting to like put kids at risk. And yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know the answer. But we'll it, have to see the math on. Uh, whether it was like the kids versus the Dow Jones, you know what I mean? What's more important? Right. Right. If it's like two kids per point, you got to right. then be like, you know, what were the kids' test scores and do we care about that? Right. And you have to figure out if we if it's <laughs> right. okay if they live. It's and their versus, future you know, profitability. Like the, yeah. the NASDAQ, which affects me and I know you guys on a daily basis, we, we can't really <sighs> let that go. If that goes down, that's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I sound down in the dumps, it is because of the my NASDAQ portfolio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're putting the Dow the and reason. down on the dumps, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my endorphin levels are tied to the stock market. Right. I got a Robin Hood referral that I'm really hoping pays off. So uh, <laughs> I, I, if these kids die, I mean, who, who really is that on? Yeah, it's the, everything that you see. Like it's it's but from especially Republican governors, you don't know, like if they understand the concept of the value of human life. Or like what it would mean for a parent to like lose their child to this, like because there's not that's almost that thought process is completely absent from this decision making. Like Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas seems to be the one like one one Republican governor who's like, I pretty much I fucked up. Like not in those harsh words, but he's definitely like voicing regret over certain things that has happened. Not to say that that excuses anything, but. On some level, it feels like for him, he's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to like keep keep this up. Like it's it's getting bad, folks. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when you see that this, you know, mindset is now seeping into the realm of parents trying to protect their children. I mean, I feel like that's probably where we're going to see more people start coming to the side of like, we need more mandates, we need more vaccines, because yeah. it's one thing when you feel like, well, I'm an adult. And there was like this fallacy of like, and kids are immune. So we're good. Like, that's not a danger. But now when you're seeing that cases for kids are going up and up and up, and you have doctors like in Florida, like crying in these PSAs, like, because they're trying to tell people like, it's getting bad. And we're seeing more kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's lawsuits right now where parents of disabled students are like suing the governor to to be like, I my kids need to be protected. Like, I don't know what the fuck you think this is. Like, it's not a game for me as a parent. Right. But I even find like people who are like we w when you're talking about how this this a lot of this is a fallout of like hyper capitalism not being a viable solution. And the people who let's say, like these people who hate masks and these people who want to ignore everything. Even they are screaming about it because they're like, well, I, I have to drop my kid off at school because I have to go do this work. And I want to mm -hmm. take these people and be like, so you are so close. Right. You are like, I need school to have no changes because otherwise I can't do my job in life. I require it. You're so close to being like, so, yeah, we need to just get rid of this. This system is what is holding all a, a lot of this back as well. Yeah. You're, the fact that you 
it, without school, you will lose your job because you can't go in because you have to take care of your kids. And right. these are people who are like, so that's why we shouldn't wear masks. And I'm like, but you're just so, <laughs> you're so close. Yeah. And you, right. are, Again, you the, are right at the door. The most propagandized people on the planet, you know, live, yeah. in, live in this country. So yeah. it's just, yeah, you, it, they're so close, but they're in like, it seems like an, an impenetrable bubble that they've swapped out their capitalism frustrations with covid frustrations and are just yeah like, no that's the problem it's not that displacement baby yeah there's nothing shout out to freud there's nothing like that to you know there's nothing that's connecting the dots because it's just been so effectively hijacked with like this you know and i'm not yeah. smart enough to like even what i'm trying to talk i don't feel like i'm fully getting across what i think even now while i think about it let alone if i'm trying to talk to someone i know who i think maybe i could get through to I I don't know. I feel frustrated about it. And I think a lot of people do where you just like, you just want to be like, no, like, I, but that's <laughs> right. not enough. <laughs> but you're like, if I, give me six hours and let me yeah. find smarter people. And, but I just, I can't even, I get frustrated with myself. Like I can't explain well yeah. enough now the, the, I, the ideas and how I feel about it and how, and all this sort of stuff. And the one time I got into it with like a guy who was just like, I don't know, man, there's been a lot of, I've heard from a lot of people who said like, I just couldn't be like i know i know it's not a effective way to win an argument but i just like got so pissed off <laughs> it's right. just like it was just over like imme immediately yeah. but it's the most important thing we I don't, and i know it wasn't in the doc but if one nfl player kneels during the anthem this year i am going to <laughs> i'm gonna be so fucking pissed <laughs> <laughs> hey like uh <laughs> real quick do you think joe biden said when, when he saw that his infrastructure bill got 69 votes do you think he said nice that's no. something i need to know he would you don't think he, so? would, he would never 69 he doesn't know what that is okay he'd be like right. what 60 what <laughs> you imagine explaining <laughs> that to joe but oh come on jack people don't do that gross stuff put your yeah, mouth down true. there okay what are you a veterinarian right, it's not what? an ice cream cone <laughs> yeah i don't i mean yeah i mean he he definitely he he pulled off his bipartisan fucking magic show and like oh the washington post is like joe Biden stuns again he surprises us again with his bipartisan infrastructure framework yeah it got 69 votes it got over that uh filibuster proof you know got to get over that 60 60 vote mark and at one trillion dollars the largest bill of its kind 19 Republicans yeah. got on board. Uh, but don't worry, it's not for good reasons. I think many saw this as an opportunity to support, like to put, throw their support behind something that just broadly pulls well. It's like, hey, man, yeah. you want less fucked up roads? You want a bridge? You want a better airport? Okay, good. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that's, that's still people who think that's the what the government's whole purpose is, a pothole. You know what I right. mean? They're like, look at yeah. this right. pothole outside my building, Fucking Obama. Government. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> And right. so that was definitely like a plus for them. Like, OK, I can vote for this because it's also popular. And also the 19 that supported it, they were kind of like in this place where they felt a little bit more insulated from like the MAGA outrage mobs of constituents that would normally be like the force that was like, no, actually, I can't because Trump is yelling at us to not support this because he doesn't want Biden to have an optics win. But I think the real reason behind it is that they wanted to pretend bipartisanship works to sort of take the fucking momentum out of the filibuster reform talk that's happening right now. Because if they right. do that and go, you see, like we figured it out. We did a one trillion dollar. We voted for that. But yeah. then 
We have this $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill that has the real shit in it, like the real, real big programs that people are like saying like, yeah, this is the kind of investment we need in people that they can come around for that time. Like, oh, this is too much. This is too much. You saw we, we, were, we were able to do that. But this stuff, there's a line with it. And don't say it's not bipartisanship because we were there for that vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're sort of loading the, the whole deck for that kind of showdown. Because right now, yeah, it got it, this $1 trillion thing goes to the House. Uh, Pelosi says, we're not going to vote on it until you also pass the $3.5 trillion bill and see what happens then. And But already we have like Joe Manchin on his fainting couch being like, it's, it's so, I don't know, it's a lot of money. <laughs> so there's a lot of work to be done. It's, and it's just, again, frustrating because maybe they'll figure it out. But yeah, still I mean, nothing on at, voting rights. Look at what, what happens when Democrats like actually take the filibuster like seriously that that scares them and i i just feel like this is democrats behaving like republicans in in the good way that it's like shrewd and just forcing people's hand a little bit i wish um, i wish they were like that all the time yeah <laughs> that would be i i think about the i don't know i get freaked i think about the filibuster i think about how the whole i wish we could just take a look at it like would we invent this today <laughs> or is it just yeah, yeah. already here? Or we just want these guys with wooden teeth, ghosts right. with wooden teeth, to tell us what we want from centuries ago. If we came up with healthcare today and you walked into the room and you said, okay, first off, what's your job? Uh, <laughs> right. Right. I know you want to go to the doctor. I just have to know what you do for your job. How long have you been there? How often do you work? Also, your job is now at least part time dealing with a health insurance company. Right. And uh, because... oh, and how little your job spends on you makes other people money. Right. Um, OK, so you guys are writing this all down. This is how healthcare is going to work. So <laughs> right. you have to tell your doctor where you work so a company can talk to a company. That way, if you've paid every month, you can pay a little bit more. And then if you pay enough, you won't have to pay as much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds a lot good. of paying. Yeah, oh, and your taxes are the same. Why? Well, it's a good question, though, in the back. Good question in the back. <laughs> your taxes, we have 30 helicopters that need to circle Atwater Village. So um, we got to keep those up. Or would someone just say, maybe taxes make people feel better? Mm. Yeah. And I, mean, I think the same with the filibuster. If, you like, if you're writing it all out now, what if one guy is loud? I don't know. That's an episode of Smart Guy. Can I ruin think it isn't, all? This isn't what this is. Right. right. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about important stuff. And we're back. So, guys, since since you've been coming on Daily Zeitgeist, you've gone from having a podcast that looked at Britney Spears' Instagram and kind of you guys suspected something was strange was going on to like basically starting the Free Britney movement to like being proven <laughs> right and it becoming like this global movement. Can you just talk a little bit about like sort of the journey and wh- where you're at right now in that process? Yeah, I mean, it's been... A totally wild ride. I was, I've, I've been trying to talk about it on stage because it like feels like I should, but it's so hard to talk about because it's just so complicated. Right. And I was thinking like, you know, people always say like, man, if you could talk to your like, you know, 13 year old self and be like, 
look what you did. You're, you're you got. It's like my 13 year old self would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't even understand what you mean." Social media, yeah, like, <laughs> social media, a conservatorship, like what? Probate law, yeah. Girl, you're not getting a mess with probate law. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a very surreal, you know, experience. But basically, yeah, since we, you know, released. The, an episode in April 2019 when we had gotten like a whistleblower voicemail saying that Brittany was being held in a mental health facility against her will. That was the episode we released that we called Free Brittany and that kind of started off, you know, that movement. And then it snowballed into everything where the documentary came out and then more people got on board and then Brittany actually spoke in court, which then, you know, validified yeah. all of it. So, yeah, it's been uh it's been a very crazy ride, but now we're just happy that she spoke and that she's gotten it, you know. She had, she had this really shitty uh court-appointed attorney for 13 years who basically didn't do anything, didn't tell right. her she could petition to get out of it, all this stuff. So now she has this new attorney who hopefully will be, you know, the the big change that she needed. And so what's like the latest? I know the last time I think we probably spoke about it was when we we heard her speak and it was like, oh, shit. OK, yep, there there it is. And then I think the last thing I read was that a judge sort of denied to like expedite her hearing, I think. Yeah. Uh, to, to have Jamie removed in the conservatorship role. Like, where where are we? What are yeah, we? What so is un unfortunately, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think if you paid attention at all to what she said, she was outlining like clear cut abuse. And it's a pretty emergent mm -hmm. situation. So. She got this new lawyer who's petitioned to get rid of the dad, which we think is probably a strategy. They have to get rid of him first and then terminate the conservatorship because while he's still on board, then he gets to have his whole big team of lawyers helping him fight. So you kind of got to get rid of him first. So he petitioned to get rid of the dad. The mom signed on to that petition, as did the, the woman who's Brittany's professional conservator right now. But the judge denied that petition to move forward with the hearing. And basically his argument was like, look, yeah, my client feels like she's being abused every day that this happens is a problem. And it was totally within the judge's discretion to move that up. And, and she did nothing. When she was being held in a, like, there are just these moments where in just reading about the story where it's like, oh, this is like straight out of a like dystopian sci-fi novel. And like, yeah, it's like The Handmaid's Tale, all, all of that shit just wrapped up in, in a massive yeah. <laughs> reality. Can you just talk about like how when you first found out about that, like what, what are the kind of overall details? Cause now you guys are doing this one. That's like a retrospective or sort of deep dive into the whole situation. Like what, what are the things that were kind of the hardest to, to wrap your head around as you've just been going back through the whole thing? So basically the, the toxic, the podcast we're doing now, we go through, we like, you know, her early career and then just kind of like the first early signs of them trying to, control her or trying to kind of yeah control her and then we go up to the conservatorship and like the whole week weekend that that went down and that she got conserved and just from day one it's been you know unjust and illegal i think you know they didn't get the capacity declaration that you're supposed to have when you conserve somebody they planned it far in advance her 50 and 50 which is not how that's supposed to work supposed to be for emergency situations wait, wait, mean that? how do you plan wait they plan yes. 51 yeah yes. the lapd was planning a route to her house for days two days know? before like as if they were running a marathon they put up like barricades that were supposed to keep the paparazzi out and they have like a whole route planned to get to the hospital two days ahead of time 
And the conservatorship itself had been wow. planned as early as six weeks before she got conserved. And just, you know, there's a different kinds of conservatorships. And if she was going through some kind of mental health crisis at the time, they could have put her into the mental health conservatorship, which you renew every year because you're hoping the person gets better. She was right. put, in, put into probate, which is basically a lifetime one because of her money. So it's just like thing after thing that immediately from the bat, you're like, this is so insanely fucked up. And she tried to get her own lawyer back then and they said she didn't have the capacity. So she could have gotten out a long time ago if she'd actually been able to hire somebody, you know, she wanted. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest discovery for me is just how much her lawyer was to blame for all of this. Because, I mean, she didn't have a chance without a lawyer that was willing to help her. I mean, she had she was expressing over and over again that she wanted to get out of this. And the only lawyer that she had access to was refusing to ask the court to do that. And they made it... So when, when she first got conserved and they had that hearing where she tried to bring in her own lawyer back in 2008, they stipulated as part of her conservatorship that she wasn't allowed to meet with any other lawyers without Jesus. the permission of her dad. Yeah. I mean, that's... The six weeks before thing is, like, it, it makes it sound like it was all a conspiracy to, like, drive her to behave in a way that would allow them to, like, in the media, seem like she was like ne needed them to take control it seems like so complex and uh, yeah i think evil. they definitely needed that narrative to get her into it you know in the first place so yeah, yeah. And, and and the episode we have coming out next week will kind of catalog the last 13 years and her, her attempts in the background to get out so i right. think that that's one of the biggest shocks i mean and you know it obviously it makes sense that she was trying to but just knowing she kept trying over and over and over. Just yeah, kidding. and that that's hard as a Britney Spears fan to just have been buying all these albums and going to all these shows and then looking back and knowing in retrospect, oh my God, that entire time she was like trying to claw her way away, away out of this uh, situation. Right. Yeah, she was like a prisoner while being one of the most famous people in the world. She was yeah. just... And, and still is. I mean, that's the other thing is like, you know, everyone was so alarmed by her testimony, but that's now been almost two months ago. And the right. same people are still in power over her. The same people. I mean, her conservators uh, can decide, obviously, who visits her. They hire her security. Those same people are still working for her. So that's the kind of like really frustrating thing, too, is like nothing right. really has meaningfully changed for her, except I guess that she has her own attorney now. But sure. And I mean, is it is it does it seem feasible that even though this motion to like sort of speed up the removal of Jamie Spears has been denied, that it's still possible like that it, it it's on the right track or there's still a lot of other because it seems like they're hell bent on keeping her in this conservatorship. So, like, are they out of moves legally or is it seems like a more of a it, when than an if thing? I, I hope it's a win. Yeah. I mean, I without mean, wildly legally speculating. Right. But, no, you know. I, obviously we don't know. But I think the problem now is that everyone is trying to shift the blame, basically. So Jamie's trying to blame the professional conservator who's been around for a few years. They're trying to blame. Ja they're all just blaming each other so that no one gets sued. Right. You know, so After this, that's right. the it's going to be a hard legal battle because everyone's trying to pretend it's not their fault. You know? Yeah. And if the dad gets kicked out, then he's going to be liable for his own legal fees all of a sudden. So that's part of why Oof. he's clinging on for dear, li dear life is as long as he saves the conservator, Brittany foots that bill. Right. right. But I, one thing that makes me optimistic is that this new attorney is like very Hollywood. Like he just has like a Hollywood <laughs> swagger and he's very like he's represented Steven Spielberg. 
So I think that A, he's going to act really aggressively. He already has been acting pretty aggressively. And B, like, he's just going to want to save face. Like, this is a really high profile case. And he has a reputation to uphold. Right. So I just, I do think he's going to fight tooth and nail. Yeah. And the public opinion is at this point is just like, yeah, this is open and shut. Get it done, man. Exactly. So, I mean, just kind of stepping back, the way you guys' way into this in the first place was her Instagram and like feeling like she was sending messages or like whether you know, just through the circumstances you were seeing weird things like what what is you guys is like feeling about her Instagram now? Like, do you do you think that she was actually like sending messages through through the things that she was posting? I mean, yeah, the Instagram has a lot of <laughs> it, you know, qu- questionable things about it as far as like people aren't sure if it's actually her posting because you know, there's been investigations that have come up like, oh, it's other people who do post it and it, it gets sent through a filter. So it's not directly her. So there's a big question mark around it. When we were doing Britney's Graham, we were just kind of taking it face value that it was her. And yeah, I, I think we started as a comedy podcast. It wasn't supposed to be like, let's dig in and see what she really means behind right. these messages. It was more of just like a funny we were doing it, you know, with a sense of humor digging in too deep. But then that naturally turned into yeah. like wait, what does she mean? Because she, <laughs> we realized she's in, under these weird, you know, these constrictions. So what does it mean when she says, let me shop and no one gets hurt? Like, you know, so it kind of started as a funny look at it, but then got more serious. And then as we looked at the actual court documents involved, it was like, whoa, this seems really messed up. So yeah, it kind of, and so yeah, her her Instagram is a mystery. I mean, lately, you know, it seems like it's her posting. She posted, there was a free Britney flag that she posted and she called it my flag. And she actually said the word conservatorship in an Instagram post recently. So it seems like she's maybe communicating a little bit more directly with it now, but right. we're not sure. She definitely loves ice cream based on the last post. I <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of good food posts on Bee's Ground. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she also has like a long history of communicating to her fans. She used to write these things called her letters of truth back like in the early aughts where she would like get real on her website about what was going on. And I think knowing how restrictive her life was, you know, throughout the entire conservatorship, I don't think it's at all implausible that she was using that one outlet as a way to try to subtly pass messages on to people. I mean, right? she was doing oh, crazier absolutely. things than that to try to get her message out. So, yeah. And I mean, the the documentary that you guys are heavily featured in that that did it win a I don't I don't know. It, it's an award winning and like just an amazing documentary. If people haven't seen it, it's called Framing Britney by the New York Times, but it it really makes you kind of recognize that just the sort of toxic masculinity that was like, still is, but like, especially during her rise to fame was like built into the culture and her just being the center of all this attention. Like she's been sort of imprisoned by that from from the start. And then, yeah, it, it makes sense that she... Yeah, it's really gross to just when you look back at that footage of her and the paparazzi and just like 50 men around her at all times, like trying to catch any little mistake, anything goading her. Yeah. And, you know, there's one part where we talked about her. Her custody case was really intense. You know, her custody battle that was all going on in, in that era, 2006, 2007. And, you know, her her KFED's lawyers would 
say that she was a, you know, have, what was it, Tess? Now I'm going to mess it up. They would use the driving. Her driving with the baby. Yeah, she would be, they used the fact that she was being hounded by the paparazzi as why she should have less custody. Like they faulted her for being followed by paparazzi as if she had any kind of control over that. Yeah. And then the paparazzi would like, publish these really like lurid stories and Kevin's lawyer would call in people from he would use the tabloids as a place to like find witnesses in the in the child custody case. Yeah. I mean by by the end of just kind of that reexamination and just like everything that you guys have kind of uncovered and examined it it really starts to feel like she went sane like in 2006 yeah. like she did finally after like a lifetime of just bearing this inhuman weight of like everybody's attention, all these like really unhealthy expectations. She finally reacted the way that like I would have for like 30 minutes and people are like, all right, that's it. We got a lot. Whoa, her. whoa. Yeah, yeah. See that? She said she's off this. No, right. no. Come on. <laughs> a thousand percent. Like, yeah. She, she always had the expectations of her were always ridiculous you know the expectation of her to be perfect and that's what so many of her fans loved about her was that she was not a perfect person she was you know very raw and funny and just like didn't give a shit about like where you know wearing flip-flops to the gas station or whatever stuff that they would like make fun of her for and it was also very classist and oh yeah and that's what you know all all those expectations were just put on her and she just kind of had enough of it yeah well, yeah. And it's also I think about it this a lot, too. Like another big piece of this tragedy is like if she had just gotten famous like two years later, Instagram right. would have been invented, you know? Yeah. Right. She might have mm. been able to have that outlet instead of getting yeah stalked all the time. Yeah. Well, and like with social media, the paparazzi kind of stopped being a thing. Like right. she was there kind of right at the tail end of the paparazzi being this really like aggressive force. Well, and oh, they wow. had to stop because they laws were enforced you know they couldn't do that anymore because of how they treated her and yeah so it's just it's a really sad i mean i i'm i'm so grateful that there's like finally a light at the end of the tunnel for her because when we started making it we had no idea she was going to speak you know we just thought it was going to be business as usual and she was going to be stuck with this lawyer forever and all that stuff so that when she spoke it was a shock to us we had no idea that was going to happen and it's really changed the game so we're just hopeful that yeah, she she has a way out now. Well, that's awesome. Keep doing the amazing work you guys have been doing. And thank you for, for doing all that work. It's really fucking cool and important. And yeah, thanks for being on TDZ today, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having up the joint. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.